Hey guys, and welcome to the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast. I'm Alex Fasulo, your host, six figure freelance writer, serial entrepreneur, Fiverr Pro seller, and digital nomad. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about working for yourself online as a freelancer today. I've been freelancing for over six years, and I want to share what I've learned with you. Welcome back to the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast, where we chat all things remote work, freelancing, mindset, and financial freedom. This week, I'm super excited to welcome on Kiana Danielle, if I got that right, founder of the Invest Diva movement. She has been featured on the likes of Forbes, Fox, and CNN for helping women take control of their financial futures. I love it. Her brand helps individuals get on top of their current financial situations while picking the right assets that make sense for each person. She also has an impressive 136,000 followers on Instagram and 182,000 followers on TikTok, where she provides free education on the world of investing. So with that, hello, Kiana. Hello, hello. Welcome. I always, when I start off these podcasts, I like to kind of go back to the beginning because I know everyone listening is going to want to know how the heck did you get involved with investing and online money markets and everything. So was there like a certain point in your life when you decided that, hey, I want to know more about investing? Yeah, absolutely. I remember the exact day (laughs) that I got very interested in this and that was in 2008, mm. it was September 2008, the markets were crashing. I was actually in Japan oh and I, I didn't know anything about finance. I didn't know anything about what the market crash even meant. Yeah. I had no idea what was happening and I was learning about all this, hearing about them in Japanese, which is like, what is happening? Can you yeah. tell me <laughs> explain? But somebody did explain one thing that really clicked for me was like kind of my aha moment is that, okay, you don't need to understand what exactly is happening, why it's happening, but as a result of this thing that is happening, the governments are printing money. So your US dollar, your Japanese yen, mm-hmm. and then because of supply and demand, the more money they print to save the economy, the value of your money is going lower. So if mm-hmm. you're not investing your money, your money is losing its value. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I got to go learn this investing thing. What what yeah. is that? So that was really literally the day that started out my journey in the financial literacy industry. That's cool. Okay, so you were in Japan. I spent a month in Japan last year. I absolutely love it there. I don't know where you, if you were staying in like Tokyo or somewhere. I was in Tokyo for four years. I was also in this like really rural place called Guma for three years. Do you speak Japanese? Yeah, yeah, I'm fluent. So actually, so where I learned about this was I was on a TV show in Japan, like talking like foreigners perspective on Japan social issues. So one of my co-cast members was talking about this phenomenon. So that's where I learned about it on TV. (laughs) Oh my God, that is awesome. So you were over there for filming for like seven years or so? Oh, okay. So no, I went there to study electrical engineering. Very, oh, very wow. weird. And then I got, I, went, I had to study it in, in Japanese and it was really hard. And I was like, I was the only girl in my class and okay. it was harder. And then I was just I actively looking for ways out of it. And this TV gig was just my outlet of being yeah. incredibly frustrated with my major. <laughs> so okay. that's how that came about. Okay, cool. So a lot of people who listen to this 
they're at a nine to five, they want to quit their nine to five, they want to freelance, they want to work for themselves. So was there a moment in the last, what was that, 13 years ago, where you kind of ventured away from more like traditional things to running your own business? Yeah, so I actually kind of got lucky. And it's going to sound weird in a second when I tell you why I think I got lucky is that all right, so a little backstory. So I, I, I got interested in the finance and, and investing world. I decided to come to New York to learn about it. Okay. And because I had this engineering degree, for whatever reason, I got a job on Wall Street, which was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn about it. the best thing. The best way to learn about it is on the job. I'm going to go on Wall Street. Because I have an engineering degree, they gave me the job. Yeah. But then I got lucky in a sense that I got fired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I say I'm like, of course, at the time, it was absolute rock bottom for me. I thought I loved my job. I actually thought I was doing a decent job. But getting fired mm-hmm. was was really, really hard at the time. But now looking back, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, if I hadn't got fired, I probably wouldn't have quit. Yeah. And as a result of not quitting, I probably wouldn't have been making millions of dollars per month at my business. Okay. <laughs> so, I love it. Yes. I mean, 10 years later, it kind of gave me perspective. Like, oh my gosh, God was, was, I don't know, whoever it was like, was looking out for me. I got fired. <laughs> the best thing ever, even though at the time it sucked. Yeah. That's what I, with my story, like I quit my job when I was 22 and most people would think like, that's the worst thing you could ever do. I had no money, all this stuff, but I look back on it and I go, thank God I quit my job. <laughs> Well, totally. Right. I mean, you yeah. had the guts. I mean, I didn't have the gut, but then I, I, prov- I kind of create the gut to not go back. Cause like my family, everybody was like pressuring me. Like, does, didn't your family was like, are you crazy? Well, like, what's wrong with you? Kind of like, you know, my, my parents were understanding, like they weren't, they weren't yelling at me cause I was 22 at the time, but they did let me know. They're like your benefits, your whatever. You just kiss that all goodbye. I hope you know what you're doing. And I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but for some reason, this just feels right. You know, it's like in your heart almost. Like you just, you just know, like this is what you're supposed to do on this planet. That is so good. Yeah. So my family, my sister was actually yelling at, like legit yelling. So are you like crazy out of your mind? You got all this degree. Like what? What is wrong with you? Because then. I had the opportunity to actually go apply for jobs. But once I got fired, I'm like, I don't want to deal with this stuff again. I'm like, yeah, perform the best I can and then get fired. Like, why would I ever want to go back to that where there yeah. is not going to be even a potential? And also, like, a lot of other things in Wall Street that really opened my eyes and wanting to do, as you said, like the calling. There's like, okay, this is what I, what I need to do. And I'm not yeah. going to be able to do it while working for somebody else. Okay, so I love on your website because Wall Street is notoriously all men. No hate to guys listening to this. I'm just pointing this out. It's all men. So you were working with all men, and then you kind of turn around and create a brand, Investiva, where you want to help women become financially free. So was that kind? Did that come out of working at Wall Street? So that, and also being the only girl in my engineering class. Yes. So all mm. the whole process. It was very, very male dominated. And mm-hmm. I knew the difference. This is a story that shocks many people. So I'm originally from Iran. Okay. And so Iran, I mean, is is notorious for being like really oppressive of on women. But the one thing that it doesn't exist there is male dominated working fields. Like engineering is not just for guys. Finance isn't just for guys. Like going into engineering for me, even though I wasn't really good at it, it was because it was like just 
studying history or PR. Like it was the same category. Mm -hmm. So knowing that and then becoming the only girl in the class from Iran, where I actually went to an old girls school, it was just really, really hard. And finding out that this really is just a mindset issue in Mm -hmm. Western societies, believe it or not, that like these areas become known as male dominated where they don't actually have to be male dominated like it's not a gender is like okay man it's not that and women are actually even better like researchers that women are better investors one thing that is like fascinating is that so the world's highest award anybody can get in math the only female who has ever got that is iranian Mm. And and that's not because Iranian people are smarter. It's just because that Iranian women just go to math, whereas other countries, they think they shouldn't go to math math because they're women. (laughs) Whereas Iran is like, oh, you can do it. So that was like kind of when I came to America, when I went to Japan, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like ridiculous. Why? Why is it like that? And in, in movies, they actually portray it a different way. Like women appear to have a lot of power, whereas they actually don't. So that was, these, all of this had a lot to do with the foundation of the Investiva movement. Okay. And I love that because I, I kind of am out here too, right? Like trying to help women freelance and, and do all this stuff. But I don't know about you, but I get a lot of hate for it. Like people are angry when they see me get on there and talk about money, post my finances, any of it. I mean, just yesterday, I had thousands of comments on a video just basically telling me to F myself. So I don't know if you, do you get that same hate. So I feel like guys hate, not all guys, some guys hate seeing women talk about money. So it's unfortunate, but yeah, I absolutely do. And yeah, I bet. by default, you'd think that like, you know, I make this crazy content that I'm like acting weird and like however you want to label it but I'm just like I love it though you like it yeah and the stereotype is that women are jealous of other women no majority 99% of my hate comments is from men totally and women are like oh my god you do you girl you girl I was like and I actually make a point like at at, at any of these posts I'm like I love it how 90% of my hate comments if not 100% of the hate comments are from men Whereas women are just being absolutely supportive. And I mean, I, I'm sorry, there is no hate. I love men. I'm married to a man. I have a dad, I have a brother, all of it. I love men, but there is this thing that I feel like by us yeah. becoming more powerful, they're, we're taking away from their power. Right. What? <laughs> right. I know. That's, that's a good way to put it. It's like they almost see it as if there's a finite amount of power, you know, in a pot. And if I take some of it, it took it away from them. But that's not the case. I, I'm like, why can't we all just rise together? Like, I'm not out here trying to end you and your career. I'm just doing my thing. And I'm sure you know, like, helping women become financially literate can help them break out of poverty, abusive situations. Like, in that sense, we are giving them more power. Yeah. So if you are here, if you're a guy who are riding on a horse of abusing a powerless woman, then yes, you absolutely <laughs> are angry. And you know what? I, I don't care. You be angry. I would love for you to get into a different mindset. But yeah, like the way that we've helped women, oh my gosh, like single moms, being yeah. able to even consider getting a divorce because majority of women who are in abusive relationships but can't get a divorce is because... 
exactly on finances and of course unfortunately again no hate i'm a feminist yes but that a feminist doesn't mean we hate men a feminist mean that we want women to have equal opportunities like that's literally what it's all about and again a feminist doesn't mean that i I think like women who are stay-at-home moms are like not doing it totally just having the option option of doing whatever the heck you want and and that that's what a feminist mean and and for some men to have a problem with that it just shows how deep the root is and how much more work we need to we need to still be doing i know and what like what do you think the solution is to that because you know what's funny i never thought there was a problem like when before I, i basically had my brand like rise to a certain level on social media i would say to people like sexism doesn't exist just put your head down just get to work just whatever and then I started to really see that it does exist. And I was like, I am wrong. I had like that reflection at like 26. I was like, I've been so wrong about this. So I always, every day, I like to fix things. I'm sure you do too. Like I like to like fix stuff. So I'm always like, how do we fix this? <laughs> what do we do? Do we just keep being us? I, I think that has, again, there is no single answer for sure. What I've seen from how empowered I get from watching people like yourself and any other woman who's putting herself out there and knowing like the fact that you're speaking out about the hate i think these these are all the steps that need to be taken yeah yeah. like being being vulnerable not pretending that everything is just like oh it's peachy super super amazing but also showing that yes there are there are these rocks and challenges along the way but look at the outcome yeah look at the payoff which is i mean for myself it's been like not just the money but it's like believing in myself being able to tell people hey no <laughs> right like for me i i feel like like i was a major people's pleaser because i thought like it's like all the things that it transforms you and comes from being in control of your finances of your business mm-hmm. of your whatever it is so there's so many things that you can be in control of or even health but money has a big factor. But I mean, your question was about sexism and it's a lot of misunderstanding. I think the sexism is mm-hmm. coming from, from my understanding is that like men misunderstand women and women's intention and then how they were raised by their parents. And maybe they're like, they, they are good people. They're just been misinformed. They've been lied to of the norms. And that really is, and it comes from lack of education of how women think what the thought process is. Yeah. So it's interesting because my husband, so he works at a very male-dominated field as well, and they had this education about women and minorities and stuff. And he said, oh my gosh, I learned this about you. Oh my gosh, I did not know this before, that women, no matter how good they are, they wouldn't admit how good they are. So if I interview a woman, she said, oh my gosh, I let go of a woman who said, at an interview, she said, I'm not sure if I can do this. So I didn't give her a job because I'm like, you don't think you can do this then, but you probably, but then I found out that women, even if they're really, really good, they just don't say how good they are. Whereas men, even if they're like crap, they're like, I can do this. Like it's the overconfidence. So there's so much education that needs to be had, not just for women, but also for men. So. Oh, that's, it's so true. I struggle with it still. I mean, sometimes when I'll be doing interviews or whatever and i'll be like i'm a freelance writer or something and they'll be like well why don't you say what else you are and i'm like why does that make me uncomfortable to like pump myself up but it still does i'm like 
trying to work on it. I, I saw an actually really interesting video on Instagram last night that said in the influencing industry, since it's like 95% women are influencers and like 5% guys, brands lowball like offers constantly because they know that the influencers aren't going to stand up for themselves and demand more. I was like, Wow. <laughs> and they were saying the way to fix that is every influencer across the board needs to all demand like $300 more starting tomorrow, you know, collectively. And I thought that was a cool way to like solve that. I think it doesn't even have to co be collectively. Like for anybody who's listening to this right now, I learned this recently from my coach actually back in January. She was like, just raise your prices. Like, yeah what? just raise it like yeah what? and and the moment you do okay some part some person might laugh at you thought you're, you're gonna charge a hundred thousand dollars for this and you're gonna laugh back at them yeah if you're gonna pay pay if you're not okay now yeah. work your time. like it doesn't have to be collectively but i mean some people have to start doing it i've started doing it mm -hmm. i'm, I'm me too. Me too. if i if i charge a price that doesn't make me smile I don't, I don't, if I offer them something that is like, oh my gosh, this is going to be worth my time and effort that I'm going to put in, and I know that I'm going to deliver, if it doesn't make me smile, I bring it up. Yeah, that's a good rule. I like that. If it doesn't make me smile, you, you say something. Now, all right, tell me more about, because you have it right on your shirt. I love the branding. Love it. Invest Diva. Tell me more about, okay, so you have Invest Diva, you have your social media, you do a lot of stuff every day. So everyone always wants to know, what are your time management secrets? Yeah, so that is an amazing question. And so for a while, <laughs> it was nonstop. So the biggest, 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 biggest thing for me that was very hard to do was actually finding team members. Mm, yep. um, mm. So people who have onboarded on our team, I'm, oh my gosh, super grateful for them. And that has been an amazing, has made an amazing difference. But for my content, so I've been trying to delegate everything as much as I could, especially the stuff that I hate doing because everybody has superpowers. Mm -hmm. and, and so my superpowers do not include people's management. I, I just, some people love it. Some people like are born to manage people. Mm -hmm. I am not that person. It's not something that gives me joy. Some people love having plans and Excel sheets, like an Excel sheets. That does not give me joy. What does give me joy is making TikTok videos. Whereas for some people making TikTok videos is like, oh my gosh, I'd rather die. So yeah. when you find that balance, like find the people who can do the stuff that you hate, mm -hmm. that is the most important time management skill that I've like, or other things. So it may okay. So for example, I, I'm just not good at laundry. I just, I'm, I'm not good at the folding. I'm like really bad at it. I'm not good at it. Like, it's not. And, and so it, it is, especially at the beginning when you're getting started, it's like, oh my gosh. So do you want me to pay somebody to come and do my laundry? And the answer is, first of all, you're going to create job for somebody who really needs them. You're going to pay yeah, them well. Totally. And second, you're going to focus your time on something that's going to help you pay them on a constant basis. So yes. all of the things, and when I first told my husband, like, okay, I'm not going to cook. I'm not going to do laundry anymore. He's like, what? What? And I'm like, yeah. So, but like, 
get the people who can do the things so that you can focus on the thing that is going to move the needle the most towards your calling or or fulfilling your calling. So these things for me happened like really, really recently. It's been less than almost a year that I've been delegating, but for my content creation, I do have a system for that. Would you like to hear that? Yes, I would love to. Okay. So in, so the most important law of, of being successful in social media. I, I'm sure you have your own rules as well. Oh, yeah. But for me, it has been being consistent. So you, you want to mm-hmm. find something that works for you based on your schedule, based on your whatever it is, whether it's once a week, whether it's once a month, but you want to find an avenue, find a rhythm and stick to it. And then okay. once it's defined, okay, I'm going to do like Marie Forleo, she does once a week videos and she has been doing it for 10 years. She never misses a week. Mm-hmm. For me, because I'm not doing YouTube videos, I'm focusing TikTok videos and then repurposing them across the board. It's easier. So it's like 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. So I, I committed to producing one content per week, per day to have, to have one content per day, but I don't do it every single day. So I have a week, okay. a day in the week or a day in the month that I just put on my makeup and I'm like all in my creative mm-hmm. mood and all the good stuff and then I shoot for the whole week or for the whole month in that one day but the rest of the month I'm thinking about the content so I have this major Mm. document that I just add on my ideas of all the things that I want to say and kind of like I read books I have so the way not to run out of content by the way is constantly learning so constantly learning I'm always reading this always like getting coaches and always learning more and more things And then one day per week or one day per month, I just do the creation. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. I do usually one day a week. I'm like, okay, I'll put on makeup. I'll I'll try and look nice for the day. And then I'll finally do it. And I'll do my TikToks. And then I'll do my photos too, like all in one day. And then I'll do it again the next week. But doing it once a month, I like that idea. It was, so it was cool, but to be honest with you, once a month is a little bit far-fetched because yeah. then by the time, like if you're doing trends, for example, the trends are no longer trends anymore right. and you have to do a lot more work in that one day that you may actually get exhausted. For me as a mom, once a week is a better balance at yeah. max, at min- uh, maybe I'll do like once every two weeks because otherwise I wouldn't have like the energy to spend any time with my daughter and things like that. So whatever it's like your schedule is you. So you get to the amazing thing about being your own boss that you get to set the schedule. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's like the most, and you can't go back after that, after you get a taste of that, there's no going back. (laughs) No No matter how much yelling your family does, it's not. I was going to ask you, because I know on your website, it says, this is not financial advising, it's financial education. So what would be some financial education tips that you would give people listening? I'm making sure I'm wording it correctly. Yeah, so the reason why this is not financial advice is because I could have become a financial advisor. I did study for the CFP. I was just about to take the exam where I had another epiphany, which was like, why not? just teach people how to become their own financial advice. Like this is a life skill. Like this is not something that you have to go to person to a person so they can do it. And then at that point, then they, they may or may not have your best interest. They may or may not, the good ones wouldn't even talk to you if you don't have like 25 millions in the bank. Yeah. So that, that the reason why this is not financial advice is because I'm educating you to become your own financial advisor. Love it. 
And so, okay, it's like, it's, this is, the question is, what are some of the tips? It's like, where do I even start? <laughs> I know. There, there are so many elements. The point, obviously, it's not about the tactics or techniques or like, oh my gosh, do this, 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 that. You can find a lot of them on social media. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you get those. There's a lot of information. I'm not going to give you more information. Yeah. It would be okay if I give you some transformation instead. Yes. Because sure. they don't become the kind of person who, when they see these stuff on social media, they don't actually take action. All of the information in the world is not going to make you a millionaire. And the rest of the story, we have all the information in the world and not everybody is a millionaire. And it's just because right. people are not taking action towards the information they're consuming. Information alone is not going to get you in the, fa- in the right direction. It's not going to get you in the right mindset. Taking action mm-hmm. towards everything that you learn does. So my first universal rule for financial freedom is take action and do it now. Like stop with the procrastination. If you want to, if you want to quit, like you've seen Alex, you've seen me, you've seen all these examples of people quitting their job and now becoming super duper successful. And you're still like pondering, Oh my gosh, but what about this? What about that? What about that? In order to get ahead in life, like think about an arrow, like an arrow, when it, when it wants to move forward, you first have to go backward. Definitely. Yeah, I love that. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you've decided, if you know that this is time, if you know that you want it, if you know that you want that kind of freedom, take the action right now. Do it now. Yeah. Do it, it now. <laughs> yeah. That's like the biggest, do it now. Yeah. <laughs> like Nike should get an award for that. Just do it. Do it now. Yeah. Right? Best slogan. Yep. It's the best slogan ever because it is, if, if you're, if you want to pay off your debt, do it now. If you can't afford it, find a way to make more money so that you can do it now. <laughs> you're getting me like you're getting me pumped up right now. I'm like, what do I have to go do after this? I gotta do it now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pumped up. <laughs> yeah, and then do whatever. And, and the order that you do these things is you don't want to go like do the thing that is gonna produce the lowest outcome. You want to go and identify. Okay. What are some of the things that you can do that is going to move the needle the most towards my desired outcome mm-hmm. and do those first? Yeah. That's like the epitome of time management. That's like the, the that's like the time management skill they want to have. Yeah. And then everything else, either delegate or postpone it or delete. If it's not going to like, if it's going to just like, instead of taking you like 10 minutes, it's going to take you like, I don't two feet, then don't do it. It's not relevant. Mm-hmm. Identify the stuff that are going to move any land. The way you identify it is either by watching and following the footsteps of people who already have the desired outcome that you want mm-hmm. or, or getting them as a mentor. Yeah, that's it. That, <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that's universal life advice right there. And I always say to people, you know what? Start freelancing today. What's the worst that could happen? You could maybe make $2,000 this month. Maybe you save $500 each month. Next thing you know, next month, you have $1,000 to invest with. That's where I'm like, okay, now go follow the investing. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm here to help you make it, not invest it. That <laughs> but, is amazing. Thank you for your service. <laughs> it's so important because we're like, people yeah. are talking, they're like, okay, I want to invest so I can increase my cash flow by 2000. No, no, no. It doesn't work that, work that way. No. You have to first go make the additional money, either through budgeting or having side hustles. Side hustles are huge. I get, got here. Really? People think I got here by, by investing. I didn't. And I'm super transparent about it. I got here, I got to a four slash almost now today, Bitcoin is up. So $5 million portfolio. God bless. Because I have, it's not just because of my investment decisions. It is a very, very, very big component of it. Yes. But it's also because I've written five freaking books. I have a business. I have affiliate marketing. I have side hustles. I stopped doing side hustles only after I made my first million. I was still making, I was, oh, like, oh yeah, I, 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 I mean, it, it's all about having multiple revenue streams. Always. 100%. Always. And then investing is one of those revenue streams, mm -hmm. but it's a very powerful revenue streams when you already have a revenue because it compounds your revenue at an accelerated rate. So yeah. I have in, entrepreneurial friends who have made a million dollars. So I'm like in the ClickFunnels community. I don't know if you're familiar. So I've, yeah. I've got the Two Comma Club Award. I have a thousand people, friend, a thousand friends who've got a Two Comma Club Award. Majority of them are broke. Mm. So just yeah. making more money is not enough. Mm -hmm. Investing alone isn't enough. Becoming an influencer is not enough. No. <laughs> It's an ecosystem of doing them all together. So for me, yeah. I was, I had the influence part, which is interesting. I had like, I had written books. I was on TV all the time. I was investing by, and I was getting amazing results. However, I was not a millionaire yet. And I was like, what is happening? It was because I didn't have a core business who was mm -hmm. bringing more money. And then the, mo the moment the more money comes, 100% return on a $500 investment compared to a 100% return on a $500,000 investment. Yep. <laughs> like in three years, I turned $500 into $50,000. It's an amazing return. $500 would have been $50 million. So you understand like how much money I put on the table by not making $500 sooner. Yeah. <laughs> so do it now, go make the money now so that you can give it time in the, in the, in the, in the market. Cause the place that you cannot do it now is the investing part actually. So for that, you have to be patient, whereas you can put all of your passion, your side hustles, bringing the money and then put it into compounding in the back end. I love it. I, you know, that's incredible. What you just said, you had almost what $5 million portfolio. That is awesome. Congratulations for you to that. Like that's sick. And I know you mentioned Bitcoin right now. I actually just bought some more crypto this morning because so it's like through the roof again. I don't have that much in it, but I wanted to ask you just your thoughts on crypto. Clearly, you're a fan, right? Yes, yeah, so I wrote cryptocurrency investing for dummy, so I have no choice. Okay. But I learned about it. I'm not saying this to hype up Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies in general. Again, I, I have, I've had a lot of luck in my life, but so the way that I learned about crypto was because I was asked as a side hustle, one of my side hustles, mm -hmm. somebody asked me to create content for them about crypto when I didn't know anything about crypto. Mm -hmm. This is the power of, of side hustle, whether you're going to learn a lot while mm -hmm. doing side hustles. So I learned about crypto. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Yeah. I want to be involved. And the more I learned, obviously the more 
doors it open for me. And so the reason why I'm interested in crypto is because I'm educated. I'm not going to be able to give you all the education about it. Go either Google it, read my book, find, but besides, besides hype, find out good reasons why you may be interested in mm-hmm. investing in cryptocurrencies because it has to be personal. It has to be something that you understand. That's like the principle of investing. Invest in what you know, not what you heard of. Mm-hmm. And the way to do it is to educate yourself. Yeah, I love that. So you kind of like come at it from, you equip everyone kind of with the ideas of, of what they need to then go do and learn themselves and then make the decision themselves. You're just like the guide. That's You're like the fairy godmother kind of. Thank you for putting that. Yes. Like my goal, I was actually coaching my students today how to become coaches because I have like an inner circle that I coach people how to become coaches. And I was like, exactly what you said. I'm glad that you picked up on it. It's like your goal, your job as a coach is not to tell them what to do, is to show them all the options available so that each person can go and do the thing that is most suitable for them. Exactly. And, you know, and I have people all the time because I have all of these different educational resources too for people like books and courses and everything. And they'll always write to me and say, can I just pay you like $5,000 to set up my Fiverr for me and to just basically do everything for them? And I just say, no, I don't care. A million dollars. Yeah. A million dollars. Yeah. Right. Maybe, maybe if the price change. No, I'm just like, you guys, no, I can't. If I set up your Fiverr for you, you're going to fail at this you're going to fail because you didn't take the steps to learn anything. And now you have a fiber profile and you have no idea what you're doing with it. And I agree with you a hundred percent. That's exactly how I do it too. But a lot of people don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're getting started, if you want, if you're serious, becoming a serious about, if you're serious about becoming a serious business owner, you have to do the work. So the reason why now I've been able to assemble this amazing team to die for is because at some point of my career, I've done every single other job that they've done. I've been customer support, I've been IT, I've been PR, I've done operations, I've done all the things. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was able to now hire the right people Mm -hmm. for that role. If you're getting started out, the best thing you can do is, I mean, it, it, so there is, there is a balance though, because we also talked about like delegating, mm-hmm. right? So it depends which direction you want to go. If there's something that is essential to the core of your business, you probably won't learn, learn about it until you get yeah. to a level where you can say, okay, I can actually pay an, a COO to go figure it out. If you're not at that level, there are so many merits in learning how to do those things on their own. And I say the same thing that you say about money management, because people come to me like, can you please just manage my portfolio? And I'm like, yeah. no, no, because, oh my God, portfolio management is even worse because so the whole game name of the game when it comes to investing is emotional management. Mm. So even if you have the best money manager in the world and the COVID pandemic hits and everybody's mm-hmm. selling, if you don't know what's actually happening, you're going to call that money manager and going to tell them to panic sell. And mm-hmm. because they want to keep faith in front of you and they don't actually care about your money, they care more about their repetition, they will do it. Yeah, right. And I saw that happening over and over again. Whereas why do I say go learn about Bitcoin before you buy Bitcoin is because 
Bitcoin is very volatile. The whole market is very volatile. If you don't understand the essence of Bitcoin, if you don't understand the essence of Apple stock or the essence of Google stock or the essence of Dogecoin, mm -hmm. the moment the hype settles and the markets go down, what are you going to do? You're going to panic sell because you don't have yeah. trust long term. You don't have long enough trust in your own decision yeah. to actually stick with it. Yeah. So money management above everything else, you have to do it on your own. And also, if okay, eventually, let's say you're you're worth a billion dollars, like I don't want to do it anymore. If you want to hire the right money manager, you need to know money management. Mm -hmm. So, story goes on. <laughs> We're getting like I feel like I'm preaching. I was like, no, no, no. I mean, you're you're saying all the stuff I always say to people cracking up. I'm like, you sound you sound like me. I'm like, I have nothing even to add. You're right, exactly. That's it. You are mean red. I don't know. You red hair. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like I know no all right so let's say okay so to wrap this up let's say there's somebody listening to this right now who's drowning in debt they have like forty thousand dollar credit card debt they're they're flipping out they're panicking they've heard me talk to them for hours about freelancing what would you say to them to just kind of start to tackle the whole problem like what, what would you say they should start to do I know what you're gonna say start today so there are two things that need to have to ha that need to happen simultaneously. Some people think that if they're in debt, they shouldn't be investing. So that's a myth. Mm. But so so what I normally what I did let's let's talk about what I did because I don't want to give financial advice. Again, it depends on the person's situation. But I think investing even fifty bucks per month is better than not investing fifty bucks per mm -hmm. month because the return on investment is higher than the interest that you're paying on the debt. Even if you invest just in like the average market, like something, an index fund or something that is just literally market average return, which is 8% per year, is going to be higher than the amount that you're paying on your debt. Mm -hmm. But we talked about that like this literally, I think 10 minutes ago, the more you contribute to your investment account, the higher the compounding, the more accelerated the compounding. So that's why side, hustle, side hustles mm -hmm. are next. Okay. Say, okay. I don't know where to get started. I'm sure that you talk about the different side hustles that you can do like mm -hmm. right now. One thing that is the biggest false belief with people is like, okay, I don't have anything special to offer. What would I even offer? Oh. So I want you to listen to this because your experiences in life makes you so unique. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the things that you know that you take for granted, not everybody knows. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you think that everybody knows how to make an omelet. Guess what? My husband literally doesn't know how to boil an <laughs> egg. Okay? So it's like the things that you do on a daily basis that you think that yeah. who would pay me to boil their, I boil their egg for. There is always a person who doesn't know how to boil an egg. <laughs> Oh man, your poor husband is getting thrown under the bus. <laughs> he hates it. I love it. So uh, he's, he's a rocket scientist. He's literally, he's an actual rocket scientist who doesn't know how to boil an egg because of ne he's never done it. I know that he will happily pay, for, pay, pay somebody to boil an egg for him because he has other things to do. Other things to do, yeah. Of course. So your job 
as an entrepreneur, anybody who's doing any sort of side hustle, and I think everybody needs to be an entrepreneur, by the way, even if you have a nine to five job, everybody needs to have their own business LLC for tax purposes. Your first job is to identify the people who don't know how to do the thing that you know how to do best, Mm -hmm. and then go offer them that value in a transformation, Mm -hmm. in in a transfer of exchange, which is money. Identify the people if you know how to boil an egg very well, identify all the rocket scientists who do not know how to boil an egg. That is your target audience. Like this is like the most ridiculous example, but literally it's as easy as it. the things that you think are for granted, you take for granted about yourself. Somebody else may need that. Exactly. I have a client who made a million dollars selling cookie re- recipes last year, just over Christmas time. I, I, I've known people who have made over a million dollars doing avocado art where they like cut up the, I mean, anything can make you a million dollars, but it all starts up here. So beautiful. That was, I'm going to, that's perfect. Why don't you tell everyone where can they go do business with you? I know you have a lot of different things. So whatever you're prioritizing right now. It depends when this comes out because right now we're actually doing a five-day challenge about how to accelerate your portfolio where I talk about this ecosystem, the wealth ecosystem, that it not only includes the investing part, but all the other elements of it. Okay. So all you have to do is to go to acceleratemyportfolio.com. Okay. Other than that, if, you're wa- if you want to go follow me on, the, on, on social media, there are so many impersonators that you might want to go and check my social, my actual social media on investdiva.com. That is our main website. Okay. Oh, man. Right. Can you believe that? Okay. That's awesome. Thank you, Kiana, so much for coming on. You are wise beyond your years. This was a great chat. Thank you again for sharing it with me. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. Thank you for the impact you're, you're making in other people's lives amazing.